You're listening to Track, Map, Measure with host Sean McIntosh, covering the latest thought leaders and technology in construction to understand what is building the world around us. Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Track, Map, Measure. I'm your host, Sean McIntosh. And today I'm joined by guest Akash Chowdhury and Matt Gendron, who will be playing the role of co-host. Akash is a project manager working for Bradley Construction, and in the episode, we focus primarily on Akash's experience with drone technology in the field of wind and solar, and where they saw the biggest advantages. So stick around if you'd like to learn more. Akash, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So today's show is a bit different. I'm actually going to co-host it with a colleague of mine, Matt Gendron, who was a guest on an earlier episode. And for the listeners on the call, Matt and I first got introduced to Akash at a time when his company was seeking to implement drones within Stratasolar. So Matt, do you want to give a little bit of background on kind of, you know, your experience with Akash and then we'll flip it over to you, Akash, and you can just tell us how you guys got into it as well. Definitely. Well, I'm an account manager who covers the Northeast for Propeller. Um, Akash and, and Stratasolar, are, uh, we're a big solar farm company out of Virginia. So Akash originally came through and we, we started chatting about looking to build that drone program, mainly on the surveying side. Akash, I know you had a little bit of drone experience before that, um, but definitely it would be great to get started with just your background and how you ended up at Strata and, and now your current role at Bradley as well. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I started, uh, I guess, originally out of college, you know, with a, a company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Signal Energy Constructors. And, uh, you know, that's what kind of got me off into the, the wind and solar industry. And so, you know, worked there a few years um, and um, in 20, July of 2018 uh, was when I uh, moved to Stratasolar and started there uh, a part of their EPC group uh, building utility scale uh, solar projects. Awesome. And, you know, how was it that you ended up picking solar or did it just pick you? Well, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both, you know, out of college, uh, you're just looking for an opportunity. And, you know, I, I had taken some classes in uh, high school and in college that just kind of, you know, I was interested in the idea of renewable energy and, and power plants. And, you know, I, I knew I, I knew I didn't understand it, but I knew it, it intrigued me. And, you know, luckily found a opportunity and, and, and a fit right there and, you know, where I grew up in Chattanooga. So that I think we kind of both found each other. Definitely. Yeah. And since you've gotten started, how have you seen the industry change? I know it's it's really only been a few years, but it seems like the industry has been moving so quickly. I mean, the two, I guess the biggest things that folks look at, the projects have definitely gotten bigger. And, you know, it seems like you, you see the articles, but really when you're in it day, day in, day out, you know, uh, the cost of it definitely seems to be driven down as well in in the industry. I mean, there's obviously a big green focus today. We're seeing it with, uh, especially with electronic vehicles. I mean, that's that seems to be the new hot thing of 2020 is, is pushing away from gas fed. So... I imagine just those things are going to go hand in hand. You know, green energy is going to be solar and it's going to be, you know, wind. So really, as, as the general contractor on these jobs, you know, where do your priorities lie, you know, in making sure that things are, are completed on time? Well, I guess, you know, to, to give you the, the book answer, obviously, you know, we want to do it uh, safely and with the highest quality. And, and then at the end, the, you know, as, as below budget as possible. And so that's that's kind of where, you know, if you're able to do all those things, then you'll be able to finish on time. Right. And uh, but all of those things are kind of, you know, in, in, the, in a multiple part balance with each other. 
Definitely. And, and how does technology fit in that and trying to get to those goals? Well, you know, the, the funny thing you'll, you'll hear in a lot of job trailers is, you know, no one has enough money to do it once, but everyone always has money to do it twice, right? Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you, yeah. you have to get it done. And, you know, that's where technology can really help you. Um, and, Matt, I know you and I have spent hours on, on the phone talking about it, but, it, uh, you know, uh, the technology, specifically some of the drone survey technology, it, it allows you to see things that you would need, you know, two, three, four different parts and pieces um, or pieces of equipment or contractors or, you know, different uh, services groups uh, to be able to see all those different pieces of information. And when you can, you know, go to one source and see all that at one time in one place, it's going to save you all that time and effort. And as we all know, in, in business, time is definitely money. Right. No, great point. And I know when, at least Akash, when, when you and I chatted, and this was probably midway through 2018, Strata had started with some drones that at least had thermal cameras on it, but it quickly kind of, the conversation turned to being able to do topographic mapping, you know, actually get quantities off of that. And what was that turn? And, you know, and, and specifically, you know, how has Propeller helped Strata at least track what's going on on the job site since then? Well, I think the turn kind of came to when we started to understand the capabilities of what Propeller had and, you know, how we could truly use it on the job sites, right? At first it was, well, maybe we can see what the progress is overall, you know, just from a, uh, you know, taking drone feeds and and kind of putting all the pictures together, the the photo stitching, uh, which I know I'm probably using the, the layman's term there, but, um, you know, that's what we thought it was. And then it turned to understanding how you can upload your line work from your CAD files and really get an idea of well, this is what the proposed line work is, and here's a view of where it is right now. And it kind of allows you to overlay something of what it looks like in reality to where, where you want it to be. And, you know, kind of tying back to what I was saying to the previous question of, you know, you can see all these different parts and pieces in one place. So, you know, what it really turned into for Strata was looking at, well, this is where our contractor, you know, where their progress is right now. This is where we need to be, and this is where we want to be. And, and what's the delta there so we can talk about specifics, right? You're, you're not talking in high level of, well, this isn't completed and it needs to be. Well, you know, I think everyone knows that. But how do you find the problem that you're trying to solve? If you can identify what that is, then you can start solving it. If you just say you have a problem, then you're not really going to be moving to, to a solution together. Right, right. And so for the listeners, I mean, people who are, are green in, in terms of solar construction, what would that conversation have had looked like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, before you had this kind of technology at hand? Well, I mean, even you don't even have to go that far back. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think four or five years ago, even, uh, you know, when, you know, I started in um, late 2014, early 2015. And, you know, then, then it was, well, you know, we got all the civil, it, it would, in, in a place like Virginia or, or any place that has the great changes that it does that, you know, sorry, without going on a tangent, you know, that's going to limit the installation capabilities and, you know, going to be outside the bounds of what your tracker system will allow you to do. You would get so far into it and then realize you had a problem. But at that point, you had already done steps one and two and and you were hoping to do step three, but you had to go back and redo one and two because one and two weren't done to allow three, right? So now you, you'll know while you're in step one that, hey, step one's being done in a way that isn't going to be allowed that isn't going to, I'm sorry, going to allow two and three. So 
here's the adjustment we need to make and continue on while we're in step one. Right. And I guess a big piece of that is being able to collect more data too, right? Where before, if you were going out and getting full site topos, there was a lot of cost that went into it, but also a lot of time as well. So it didn't allow for your company to get out there and collect as much because I think that's one thing I hear from customers all the time is, you know, drones allow you to also get more information back. So you're more likely to catch a mistake. Um, is that one thing that you were basically enabled to do is just get more from the data too? Yeah, honestly, that's, I can tell you, that's one of the things that kind of shocked me. And, and I think some of the uh, other folks I worked with at Strata was, you know, some of these point maps you could put out, like they were, and, and Sean, you probably have the number off the top of your head, but I think there's one of them, like you can choose which one you want in terms of data point files of, you know, how many, how many feet do you want a data point? And I think one of them is, you know, you get millions and millions of them. I, I know, know the exact it, one you're talking about. <laughs> it, it froze up a couple computers in, in North yeah. Carolina at Strata headquarters. I can yeah. promise you. <laughs> no, there was one one point cloud I was dealing with, uh, actually, yeah, with, with Strata. And it was 28 million <laughs> points in that point cloud. And, and thank goodness, I mean, too, for, for, you know, AWS and being able to use servers. Because we can use that full density point cloud, 28 million points to represent your site you know, and, and not bog down a computer, but, oh God, I mean, yeah, you try and, you try and pull that down and, and open it up in a CAD program. Yeah. Expect for that computer to just almost light in flames. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, and and I mean, to give yeah. you guys an idea, you know, for some of the pile surveying we do, you know, in, in, in some of these terrain uh, challenged areas, you know, con site condition challenged areas, you know, if, if you have two guys out there doing your pile surveying and, you know, you're, you're putting in maybe, you know, 500 to 1,000 points a day, you're doing pretty good. So how, how many people, how long is it going to take for you to get a million point cloud? Think about that, right? It's not going to be an hour or two drone flight. I can promise you that. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you think was the turning point where people in the organization started looking at drones as a tool more so versus them like a, a toy? Because that, that's something that I, I see pretty frequently where it's you know, people see it as a, a nice to have, not a need to have. And that, and that shift all of a sudden just comes at one point. There's usually like one kind of wow factor. Do you remember any specific ones? Well, Strata was, uh, you know, definitely to their credit was already headed that way. You know, it is a, definitely a progressive organization. And, you know, like you said at the beginning, they were already, you know, implementing a drone program on, you know, a limited scale of, having uh, the drones with the thermal cameras to be able to do the, the infrared scans that are required on, on the, uh, you know, the projects on the construction side and the operations and maintenance side. So that, that was something that they were doing that was more economical and, and definitely more, uh, you know, a lot more efficient than, than having, uh, you know, the people out there doing it uh, the, by hand, so to speak, with the equipment and, you know, versus just doing a drone flyover. So they were in the infancy of, having some drones already implemented. And I think the turning point was kind of when we understood the capabilities of what Propeller did uh, and uh, along with the cost that it would take, you know, I think it definitely went hand in hand and we, you know, realized the value that we would get out of it. And that's, that's where, you know, folks started shaking their head up and down as this is definitely a tool that we could probably be successful with. That's really great, Akash. Yeah. So let's just take it back um, one second. So you said it was actually a requirement to fly some of these jobs with, with thermal. I think that's news to me. 
Well, there's, you know, depending on the projects you have and the requirements you may have, you know, contractually from your client, you may be required to do infrared scans. So you don't necessarily have to fly them, but you have to complete an infrared scan, right? And so if you have to do that, can is it going to be cheaper for you to do it with people and equipment out there, you know, on, on two feet in carts? Or is it going to be, again, the same concept, right, to fly a drone? Um, you can probably get more done in a day and definitely a lot faster. Right. So... It- so obviously we're talking about, you know, a thermal sensor on a drone. We're talking about an RGB sensor, both things that are either going to do some form of photogrammetry. But, you know, in addition to drones, what other technology do you have at, at Strata? Like what, what other tools do you guys have in your tool belt in your day-to-day? Well, I think other than that, creativity is definitely the first, yeah. the first one, the first one <laughs> yeah. that we rely on. But, uh, you know, r- really, I, I think those are definitely the, I guess, Drones are kind of the one different piece that that we were using there. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't I don't have any more secrets for you. <laughs> Darn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, again, you know, tr- treat me as kind of a layman. I I don't know a lot about solar projects. I know more so about the earthwork side than actually managing it. But what are some other challenges that that face these large large solar projects? Well, I think you know, like I was saying before, the first one that we were kind of all came together for us well first is are we moving doing as much earthwork as we planned on doing being on schedule or are we doing less are we doing more you know kind of helping us understand where where we were schedule wise was the first way we thought we would use it the second way was from the quality standpoint if contractor a says hey we're done with this earthwork you know we can overlay the uh, current the current contours versus the proposed contours and are we you know in 100% alignment or within a allowable, whatever we decide that is, that would still, you know, and the allowable is obviously decided from the design and the requirements of the stormwater and things like that on the Virginia side. But, um, you know, if, are we, are we meeting those requirements and where we kind of saw it jump in terms of the way we could use it was from the quality control side of the, as-built locations and the comparisons and all the different parts and pieces that you can see at one time. So, you know, the first was if we can check what the current contours are and be able to use the tools that you guys have in in the web-based software for uh, Propeller of, well, let's measure this distance. So, you know, the, the tracker system that you have on the solar site, so obviously you have the piles and then you have the mechanical system that is generally a single axis that turns in one direction to track the sun to be able to give you um, more more capability meaning you know the more it can track the sun the the more power it's going to be able to produce versus fixed tilt where it's at one angle so depending on the sun the amount of power you know each panel and in turn the project can produce is you know going to be reduced depending on that so what this really allowed us to do was while the earthwork was going on we could see if there was a you know a issue with how the work was being done or something that was maybe missed in, in the design or, or maybe a, some combination of both that wouldn't allow for the tractor system to be built within the tolerances of the manufacturer. And we would know while the earthwork was happening. So then we could adjust that then versus having to go back and, you know, do it later when it's too late and half the tractor systems in and, and going back to it, it's, you never want to do it twice. Right. Yeah. 
you know, I remember a good saying that I heard from a customer I once. It's like, move dirt once, you're making money. Move it twice, you're breaking even. Move it three times, you've lost your ass. Like, it's just, it's got to make sense. You know, you got to do it that first time. So, yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think the, uh, the piece I saw at the, I think I may have shared this screenshot with you guys when, when I saw it of, you know, there was an issue we had with where some of the survey was laid out. And I, I forget if it was a control bust where the system wasn't tied back in, um, you know, and, and checked uh, to, to be, again, within a allowable for the survey control. And I, I forget if it was that or if it was just two different CAD files or, you know, the litany of things that the, the black arts of, of survey and all that can, can, can be adjusted by. But um, we had three or four different items that were right within two to three feet of each other. It was, we had the property line, then we had the silt fence, then we had um, the electric cable that we had in the ground there. And then there was the grading work for a berm or a, uh, some sort of stormwater control that was right next to it. Right. And they all had to be laid out in a certain way. The property line and the silt fence had to be, you know, where they needed to be to be able to operate correctly. The, uh, electric cable obviously just needed to not be impacted, but we had an issue where we, it was believed that one was out the sill fence and some of the cable was outside the property line, and so we were shooting as built shots of all these things. But you know, then you have to put in a CAD file and hope that you can combine all of it. What Propeller allowed us to do is we uploaded that information, that separate CAD file to that. And uh, then we were able to use some of the views and kind of rotating around and we could see, you know, the natural uh, topo that obviously came up once we did the survey and there was, you know, a little dip there so we could see where things were lining out to be in the real world. So when we walked out there, we could hold up that, you know, printed screenshot and say, well, this is where it's showing it needs to be and this is where it is. And that, I think, kind of took me aback of I didn't think we'd be able to do that on the computer this soon, I guess. <laughs> right, right. And and I guess that shows too the importance of all these systems being being able to talk with each other. Whether it's the drone data and the CAD data like you're mentioning with the silt silt fences, being able to overlay them on top of the drone imagery. Um because I think one thing people struggle with is they'll they'll start flying drones, but they're really only using it in isolation. It gets siloed where they're only looking at the overhead photo but they're not integrating it with their, with what they're doing on the CAD side and the design work. Um, and did you feel like all of that was really integrated and, and you guys could have easy communication back and forth between CAD and the drone data and what you're doing out on site? I, I definitely did. Um, you know, it definitely took a mountain of effort and I guess time for the first shout out of the day to, uh, you know, to the engineering team at, at Stratasolar and, you know, Ram, Ram Srinivas and Brent Neiman and, and the man in, in the trenches, John Boker, that uh, was the one that had the happy job of processing all those CAD files and trying to upload them to Propeller. And I know, Sean, you and Matt and <laughs> had quite a few conversations with him on, you know, how to get the CAD files in there and if they were too big. And so we, we definitely did. And, you know, I, I think it was once we kind of understood what what the software would allow us to do or how it needed to be done after that, the CAD files were just produced in that way. So there wasn't any different things that needed to be done was, was my understanding. And I think, you know, after we had that, it was kind of a, you know, there was a synergy, so to speak, of trying to see all that in there. 
Yeah. No, I definitely remember that, Akash. And I mean, for the listeners, and again, for, for myself, you know, I, I don't think we, we would all understand just how massive these projects are. I remember I was, I'd be working with John and he would send me a CAD file that covers like 1,100 acres. So, you know, yeah. it, boiling down to big, fo- big info, we're talking 1,100 acres of CAD lines and CAD surfaces. And we're also talking about 28 million points from the drone. So it really just stresses the importance of having, you know, well, in this day and age, uh, a lot more of a, a cloud focus for your data versus desktop, and it's just it's just because you're you could, you're able to do so much more if you're able to to push it to, you know, something on the web versus you know having your your poor desktop suffer for that. No, that's for sure. Even though the desktop still suffer a little bit when you pull out twenty eight <laughs> yeah. million. Points. Oh, it definitely does. <laughs> definitely fights through it sometimes. Yeah. So and then now, Akash, transitioning to your position at Bradley. How has that changed, and do you still have a similar perspective than you did at Strat, or how's that changed your view on these projects? Well, I, I guess the, uh, the the role and the perspective has changed, you know, somewhat. Uh, and Bradley CM, uh, Bradley Construction Management, you know, we're we're more so on the owner side. You know, we provide the owners representation, um, but you know, the perspective obviously is still the same on one wanting to get the projects done, you know, safely. Um, with high quality and you know under budget and on time right and so those views are still the same but i think you know it's having been on the other side it definitely helps me seeing seeing the projects now you know that we're a part of and uh, having been on the other side and kind of understanding how those parts and pieces go together right so now it's it's more of that big picture perspective so it's definitely right. cool to see uh things come full circle for you i mean like you said being more in the uh I guess the the owner side of things versus the the client end. Uh, are there technologies that you're implementing at Bradley as well, or anything that you carried over in your toolbox from Strata? So we we haven't you know quite built built up an air force here at uh, at, at at Bradley like we joked about it at Strata, uh, but I'm uh, I'm definitely going to have to continue uh, to try and convince our our owner Mark Bradley on if uh, if and when we can put one together. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, you know the guys to, to help you out with that when the time comes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Well, Akash, we certainly appreciate having you on the, the show today. Um, really great insights. And yeah, again, just really appreciate your time. No, uh, thank you for having me. You know, really enjoyed uh, talking about it. Usually folks don't want to hear me preach about it. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll include your contact info in the show notes as well, your name and your email address if you're okay with that. And then for any listeners, if you have any questions for Akash or you know any of the work that he's done or the drone program that he's helped build, uh, feel free to reach out. Yeah, and uh, last but not least, I missed a couple, so I joked about the Strata Air Force. So uh, the leader of the Air Force there, Taylor Davis, and you know his his first in command, Sam Sackowitz, and the the whole strata commissioning team uh, that kind of ran that program there for us, you know, on the colonial trail and, and spring Grove projects. So, uh, you know, kudos to them and uh, guys, I, I still appreciate it. Everything you guys did to help us put that together and use that every day. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, Matt, for joining as well. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks everyone for tuning in.